Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Come on, give God a big hand. Matter of fact, stand to your feet. Put your right hand in. Come on, somebody. Put your right hand out. Put your right hand in. Now shake it all about. Now be seated. Just want to make sure you're still alive. Here we go. I want to talk to you about the response of a believer in the face of what we're facing as a nation, as a world, as a whole. I'm going to tell you what we don't need. We don't need a timid church. We don't need a timid church. Because what we have going on is, is an attack. It's an attack on the entire world. God didn't do this, but God's going to fix it. This is the will of the enemy of God to put a sickness on the people of the world and the people of God. That's his plan. If you want to know God's plan, you read Genesis 1, 2, 3. The Bible says God created man in his likeness and his image. Then he formed him out of the dust of the earth. Then he breathed life into him. It was in Genesis chapter number 3. That mankind fell. And what happened in Genesis chapter number two was very interesting though. So when God created man, before he created man, he was calling everything into existence. He said, let there be light. And there was light. Then he created man in his likeness and his image and he formed him out of the dust of the earth. When he formed him out of the dust of the earth, he breathed life into his lungs. And when he had life breathed into his lungs, God didn't call things into existence anymore. He called man to call things into existence. In other words, the Bible says in Genesis chapter number two that he brought all the animals in front of Adam to see what he would call them. The reason he wanted to know what Adam would call him is because God gave mankind dominion and authority and God gives his gifts without repentance. That means he doesn't take them back. That's why you have people that are very charismatic or very talented that don't work for God. It's like, well, why did God make them so talented? Well, he made them that talented so that they would use it for him, but it's their choice what they use it for. Same as it's your choice. The same mouth that's beneath your nose and above your chin can speak blessings and speak curses. You choose what comes out of your mouth. You choose what you do with it. But the will of God was that man would have dominion and authority. Now, in Genesis chapter number 3, in comes the curse because the, the sin of humanity instigated the curse on planet earth. Before the curse, there was no thorns. Everybody say thorns. It's very important because later you would find that our Savior had something placed on his head. A crown of thorns. The Bible says, cursed is any man who hangs on a tree. The Bible says the one who knew no sin became sin for us. Literally, Jesus who knew no sin became sin and became a curse on the tree and bore the cursed crown. Anytime you see thorns in the Bible, it represents the curse. The same way that the parable of the sower, whenever he talks about the seed that began to come up and the thorns choked it out. Anytime you hear about thorns, it's representative of the curse. There were no thorns on planet earth before the curse. How many of you know that would be really nice? So when Jesus is talked about, he's called out kind of things. He's the lamb of God. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. The reason he's the son of man is because man was given dominion and authority here. So Jesus had to be born of a woman in order for Jesus to have the dominion and authority that was necessary to rescue this thing. 
God just couldn't just show up in a spirit because the spirit doesn't have authority here. That's why the Holy Spirit needs to live in you so that you can then manifest the things of God on this planet because you're the one with the dominion and authority. You just need the power of the spirit to be able to function. That's why demons are always trying to possess people because they can't do nothing. Oh, I saw a demon and it scared me. That's all it can do, but it can't do nothing to you. So it wants to get on the inside of somebody and then that person does something because that person is what has the dominion on the planet, on planet earth. That's why spirits are always trying to possess people. It's very reasonable when you think about it. It's rational when you think about how God set this whole thing up. Mankind has dominion. That's why they want to get in the driver's seat. The driver's seat is a human. So Jesus is not just the son of God. He's the son of man. Matter of fact, almost every time, or not almost every time, but several of the times when he called himself, he calls himself the son of man, the son of man, the son of man, because the son of man is what has dominion here. So when we see the will of God, we see the will of God in Genesis 1 and 2. Then we see man's fall. And now all of a sudden we have a cursed world that we live in. And the thorns always represent the curse. So right before they killed Jesus, the Bible says that some of the soldiers took a a, a bunch of thorns and they crafted them into a crown and they put them on his head and they mashed them down. In other words, your King Jesus was crowned with the crown of the curse. Excuse me if I refuse to wear something that Jesus already wore. If we have to wear the crown of the curse, then we have to pay for our own life as well. But it is illegal for a debt to have to be paid twice. When the Israelites were in Egypt, their houses were passed over. Uh, uh, Hebrews uh, or Jews today still celebrate the Passover. It's when God passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and, and all the firstborn of the Egyptians were killed and all the firstborn animals were killed, but they passed over all the Is- Israelites' house. They didn't pass over the Israelites' house because of the Israelites had ever said a cuss word. Bump your neighbor, say he's talking to you now. He's actually talking to you on the way to church this morning. Praise God. They didn't pass, the angel of death didn't pass over the house because they didn't do anything wrong. The angel of death didn't pass over the, over those particular houses because there wasn't a problem. He didn't pass over that house because the people had the, the, the best last name or came from the right subdivision. He passed over the house because when he looked down, there was the blood of a spotless lamb on the doorpost. Now, the blood of the spotless lamb is important because anytime you have death, you have blood. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no atonement. In other words, when death came calling, he didn't look down and just see a bunch of perfect people. He saw some people that were imperfect, but he saw some perfect sacrifice that had already been made for them. So when he looked down, he realized the debt had already been paid for that house. Come on, give God a big hand of praise if you're glad your debt has been paid. Come on, give God some praise in his holy house if you're glad your debt has been paid. So if your debt has been paid, it's illegal for you to have to pay it again. If Jesus wore the curse crown or the crown of the curse, then it would be illegal for you to have to put the crown of the curse back on your head. You don't pay a debt twice. Why am I saying this? Because everybody in here who speaks Espanol, just give me a big Espanol shout. Corona means crown. Corona means crown. I've been stuck on kingdom since mid last year. I didn't know we were going to see it play out on the front pages of the newspaper. 
I've been stuck on kingdom since the middle of last year. Everywhere I look in the Bible, it's like God's just shining a flashlight on kingdom telling me, Brian, it's about two kingdoms at war. Brian, it's about two kingdoms. It's about a kingdom that I want established and it's about a kingdom who's trying to take over. Brian, it's all about kingdoms. And every time I look, I see kingdom, 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 kingdom. And now the devil is trying to crown the entire planet with a crown of sickness. Because when you have a crown, you have authority. So he's constantly trying to put the cursed crown on humanity. And God help us, he's even trying to put it on the church. He's trying to put it on believers. But we're not going to let that happen. Come on, somebody. So it's all about kingdom. And you've got the adversary trying to put this crown. But but the reality is, is the crown is not for you. Somebody say, not my crown. The reason it's not your crown, because you already got some crowns. Now, if you're watching online, you may have never heard anything like this. You're going to want to tune in right now. Matter of fact, you're going to want to sit down. If you can sit down, maybe take a note or two, because you may have never heard this. Your king, Jesus, is the king of He's the king of kings. And if he's the king of kings, the next rational question is, who's the kings? The Bible says you and me are kings and priests unto our God. You say, now wait a minute, that, that sounds a little, that sounds a little crazy. It does sound crazy to a bunch of religious people that are trying to keep everybody in some kind of bondage. But if you just want to be free and read the Bible, it makes all the sense in the world. If you just want to know what God said, God looked at David and he said, I'll tell you what I need. I need a king and a priest to run this whole thing. And he gave us a picture of what he wanted society and humanity and his kingdom to look like. Kings and priests. And if you're a king, that means you got a crown. And every time I say king, if you're a lady, you can just replace it with queen. Come on, somebody. Because when God said man, he wasn't talking about one. He was talking about mankind. Mankind has authority. Mankind has dominion. So the Bible says that we have some crowns. Uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul writes about an incorruptible crown. That means it's not going to rust. That means it's not going to wear out over time. How many of you have kids that you bought them shoes last week and they're already too small? I'm talking about a crown that won't wear out. I remember when the Israelites came out of Egypt and the Bible says they wandered around for 40 years and their shoes never even wore out. I'm talking about an incorruptible anointing that gets on your head in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica and he wrote to them about a, a, a crown of rejoicing. I love the idea of a crown of rejoicing. Because it doesn't matter what I'm going through, what I know is I'm going through it. And I'm going to rejoice, come what may. With my last breath, I'm going to give God some praise. Brother Jerry Savelle, you guys may know him. I love him. He's a man of God, great preacher of the word, a general of faith. Uh, he came and preached here a couple of years ago, just did a great job. I can't wait to bring him back when we get our new building. It's going to be a great time. But he had a, he had a, a stroke. And, and when he had that stroke, uh, the left side of his body stopped working. And they, he began to recover a little bit. And, and uh, while he was recovering, the one thing that was slow to recover was his left arm. And he was telling stories and people that know him personally were telling stories. He was walking the hallways with his right arm, picking up his left arm, saying, in the name of Jesus, you're going to work. In the name of Jesus, you're going to work. In the name of Jesus, you're going to work. And now both arms function perfectly just like God intended. 
because there's a crown of rejoicing that can come on you where you decide, come what may, I'm still going to give my God some praise. This church has a crown of rejoicing. This church is a church where we celebrate Jesus. We will not magnify the Dallas Cowboys more than we magnify the King of Kings. But we do love the Cowboys here, just as a side note. Crown of rejoicing. Second Timothy talks about this. Listen, a crown of righteousness. What does righteousness even mean? Right standing. You are crowned in right standing with God. When you go before the throne room of grace, you can make your request known to him because it's not your righteousness that takes you in there. It's his righteousness. He crowns you with an incorruptible crown. It's not going to wear out. It's not going to rust out. He crowns you with rejoicing. He crowns you with righteousness. The book of James, he crowns you with life. And that beautiful James was Jesus' brother, younger brother. So Jesus probably changed James' diaper. He was probably with Jesus more than any of the other disciples. That's why I love the book of James. James is the one that says faith without works is dead. I think he could say that because he watched his brother. How many of you didn't have a brother or sister? Just wave at me. Relationships can be challenging with siblings, but James gave his entire life for his. That tells you a little bit about the character of Jesus. But he gives him, he says, a crown of life. I'm not taking off my crown of life for a crown of disease. I'm not taking off my crown of, of righteousness for a crown of disease. We may be in the valley of the shadow of death right now, but I'm not taking off my crown of rejoicing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Better is one day in his courts than thousands elsewhere. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. A crown of rejoicing. Lastly, Peter wrote this. A crown of glory. I don't know if you've ever been in his presence. I've been in his presence so strong that it was impossible to stand up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you pursue God, he'll take you there. If you don't want to believe it, you'll never experience it and you'll say it's not true. Or you'll say something stupid like this. Oh, that stopped years ago when this happened or that happened. Respectfully, I've read the whole thing more than once, have my own notes over nearly every single chapter of the Bible, only a few books that I'd not make notes on every chapter, like the book of Numbers. If you've ever read it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I've read the Koran. I've read the book of Mormon. I've read lots of Hindu teaching. But I've never had the Shekinah presence of God hit me in any of those literatures. But when his presence gets on you, it's a crown of glory. Wednesday night, I wasn't even supposed to preach. We had somebody else scheduled. 
I'm about to walk into the church and God gives me a word. I walked up and delivered that word on how to respond to the coronavirus. I'm picking up where I left off today. But after I delivered that word, the presence of God hit this place, the place you're standing right now, the place you're sitting right now, hit this place so strong there were people strung out on the floor. You say, how is that? It's glory. The church has been able to exist for too long without God's power. But today we need his power. I don't need a good idea. I don't need your theological opinion and how you want to debate it till everybody's blue in the face. We need God. We need God to move. And a signature of God has been and always will be his presence. The presence of his glory. Revelation 3 and 11 says this. Put it on the screen so we can see it, please. Revelation 3 and 11. Let no man take your crown. You've been given a crown that's incorruptible, a crown of rejoicing, a crown of righteousness, life, and glory. Don't let fear take your crown. Don't let fear take your crown. I'll give you a little science. I'm a preacher. I've been a pastor for seven years, but I do have two degrees. I'm an engineer. I was the history and government student of the year at one of the colleges that I went to while I was studying engineering. The history and government department hated me. But you can go look this up. The reason they call it the coronavirus is because under a microscope, it looks like it has a crown around it. And that crown is what they are having such challenge with to develop treatments, therapeutically or others, because the crown stops anything from getting close to the actual problem. The Bible says that an unjust balance is an abomination to God. So if a devil-born sickness has a crown that is challenging to get to the the epicenter of the problem, then when I put on my crown of life, when I put on my crown of rejoicing, when I put on my crown of glory, it is a protective device that stops the adversary from being able to get all the way into the situation. He's trying to get close, and all of a sudden there's a crown. I wish somebody would make a declaration of faith right here in God's holy house that I'm not going to have the crown taken off of my head. Please be seated. I'm almost done. For those of you watching online, especially you pastors, ministers, I speak boldness over you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I declare and I decree freedom in the pulpit. Freedom. If you've been muzzled, I just decree and declare freedom in your life. Go back to the word of God. Go back to the power of God. Go back to the things of God. You say, I don't understand it. Nobody understands all of it. 
The secret things belong to God. But you got to get out of the boat and start walking on the water. Somebody needs to see faith rise up in your church. Get set back on fire by the fire of God that called you into the ministry in the very first, when you first knew you were called. Let the fire of God set your standard again. And I'll say this. Every person in leadership. Think about this for a minute, church. Could you imagine being voted a local mayor? And now you're having to deal with this. You weren't thinking about that when you were putting out signs and sticking them in at the corner of every gas station. I'm running for mayor. Little to no budget at all. Even mayors of big cities and councilmen and councilwomen, nobody thought they were going to be dealing with this. It's time for grace upon grace upon grace. It's time to stand with our leaders to the best of our ability and to pray for them. And here's my message to all politicians, particularly those elected, particularly those that are elected into office. It is time to line up. We need a combined front against this thing. You can go back to politics as usual when it's over. You can go back to he did this or she did that or he said this or whatever you want when this is over. But you better get in line because I'm declaring in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the people of God are not going to forget who keeps on spitting out problems and keeps on talking, pointing fingers and pointing this. Nobody did this. At least nobody in America did it. But it's here. And it's time to stop. It's time to get in line. And if you don't have complete agreement, you need to get in line. When soldiers get on a battlefield, they can't stand out there and just decide they don't want to listen. That's how you lose. And this is not Republican and Democrat. This is life. Stop it. And, and again, we are not going to forget the ones who are just vomiting hatred. You got a good idea? Bring it to the table. But if your idea is not used, shut up and support the other idea. It's time for America to join together and defeat this thing under the hand of Almighty God. But we don't need you splitting everything in half and cut splitting hairs. And all you dadgum journalists... Stop asking 500 loaded questions. Stop. Every question is loaded to try to make the person who just gave a speech look bad or look good. Stop it. If you want to get back to that because it's your profession, then you do it when this is over. But you stop all this nonsense. The people of God are sick of it. Republican and Democrat, we are sick of it. This is a time for people to come together. And the same way that we are praying for you, you hit your knees and you pray for us. Because it is impossible to curse what you pray for. You can get back to everything else later. That's fine. But right now we need a united front. This is the United States of America. We're not going to forget everybody who's just 
as soon as the speech is over, there's already 10 different talking points of why it was so wrong. Just stop it. Just get in line. Just go to war with us. And by us, I mean USA. Then we'll help the world. But nobody's doing anything when we're fighting with one another. And this is not a time for fighting. And if you value your income, you value your position, you had better hear this preacher. Because the people of God are not stupid. The people of God are not stupid. The church is waking up. And we're not going to just sit here and watch you guys argue. You're using our money. For the people, by the people. Get in line. Get it together and let's move forward. And when the dust settles, and it will, if you want to get back to all the stupidity, go for it. But the last 90 days, a great portion of it was wasted because the Senate and Congress was clogged up with a bunch of hearings that ended up being baloney. And you could have been having hearings about the coronavirus. But instead, you were doing something else. And nobody has it all figured out. So stop holding people to a standard you can't meet. We need to be critical, certainly. But there's a time where unity wins. And that's what we need right now. If you agree with that, can you give God a big hand of praise? So here's our position. Everybody say, not my crown. The reason it's so important for you to keep a hold of your crowns. Revelation 3 and 11 says, don't let anybody take your crown. The reason it's so important is because in Revelation 4, those who have crowns throw them to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to have something to throw him. I'm not going to throw him a crown of the curse. I'm not going to throw him a crown of sickness. He already bore that. He already defeated that. I'm not going to deal. I'm not going to hand him a crown of thorns. He already dealt with that. So the question is how? Everybody say how. Give me, give me like four more minutes and then we're out of here. We're all going to go eat Chick-fil-A. Wouldn't that be a miracle? Boy, God moved. <laughs> Everybody, 50% of the crowd got sad when I said that. Because they were like, Chick-fil-A. Oh. Christian chicken. What's the worst day of the week for a chicken? Friday. That's terrible, isn't it? I'm trying real hard not to tell another one. It's I ride to my tongue. You're not supposed to touch your mouth or I've been... I'm not telling it. Here's how. You got to live by faith. But a lot of times we know we ought to do something. We just don't know how. How many of you have ever been at your house and you're trying to fix something and you just pull out your phone and go to YouTube? You know you need to fix it. You got to figure out how to fix it. So we know we need to live by faith. The question is how. 
Well, we don't deny the facts. That's stupid. We defy the facts. We reject them. So like 1 Corinthians 15 says, first the natural, then the spiritual. And we defy the facts. Jake and Teresa defied the facts. They still got every test done, did everything the doctor said. And then all of a sudden the miracle happened. And they got to tell all the specialists and the doctors. And the day they went to have the baby, they got to walk right past the specialist's office to go have the baby in the normal part of the hospital. You say, well, how long do you defy the facts? Do you get some new facts? Till the facts line up with the truth. Come back and I'll teach you about the difference between facts and truth. Facts change. The truth does not. Jesus said, I am the way, the, and the life. All right. So the question is how? We defy the facts. So Mark 11 says this. Let's put it up there. Mark 11 and 22. This is right after Jesus He cursed a fig tree, and then the next day they come walking by. And when they come walking by, the fig tree was dried up. And Peter was shocked that the fig tree was dried up. So you can give yourself a break. Peter was shocked that what Jesus said came to pass. Even Peter, who walked with Jesus, had to have his faith built over time. Furthermore, when you say it, you'll see it, but you don't always see it immediately. Jesus cursed the tree, but the tree didn't die till wasn't known to be dead until the next day so if jesus christ says something and you don't and he didn't see it immediately i think you can hold fast your confession of faith knowing even the son of god didn't always see immediate results does this make sense so peter is shocked that it happens and he says oh my gosh he says jesus he says this tree that you that you that you curse it it dried up in verse 22 jesus said in him it's a very interesting answer he said have faith in god I remember my grandmother, she was, her and my grandfather were pastors for, you know, I don't know, 50 or 60 years, small Pentecostal church in East Texas. And I remember one time I was explaining to her how hard school was. Who in here has ever been in school and was having some challenges? I was like, you know, little grandma, teachers, they just, they don't, they don't explain anything very good. And pop quiz, uh, and, she, and she lived through the Great Depression. And I'm whining about a math test. And she looked at me when I got done complaining for 20 minutes. And she said, the Lord, the Lord will help you. That sounded like Jesus to me. Have faith in God. When you don't know what to do, have faith in God. Oh, Jesus, the, the tree dried up. Have faith in God. Why? Because faith is an invisible wave, a force that when we build it up, it destroys the works of the devil. So for you and for me... We got to have faith in God. Well, everybody's got faith. The Bible says every person's been given the measure of faith, but every person's faith is not at the same level. So how do you build it? The Bible says this, faith comes. I like King James. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the whole world, you can't open Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, uh, uh, Fox Business Network, uh, uh, any of them. You can't open a single news website, website, Yahoo, uh, Google, uh, MySpace. That's still a thing, Jake. Praise the Lord. You can't open a single website without there being coronavirus everywhere and all these bad reports. And I think we should pay attention and we should be wise. However, 
An unjust balance is an abomination. If all you're getting is that information and you don't have the word of God to start building your faith, you're going to have your seesaw out of whack. So your faith has to be built in the process. Have faith in God. How do you build your faith? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now you've got a cell phone. Now you've got a computer. Now you've got a TV with the Apple TV or whatever. You get on the internet. You find some sermons. If you can't find some, if if you're a member of this church, you absolutely should go to New Heights Church YouTube. Check it out. Build your faith. Understand it's just like going to the gym and building muscles. The more you hear the word of God, the stronger your faith gets. And as your faith strengthens, then all of a sudden, it's not that there's not challenges. It's just now all of a sudden, the challenges don't affect you as much. When you first got saved, you could believe God a little bit. Now you've seen God do some stuff. Now you can believe a lot. Five years from now, you're going to believe God even bigger than you're believing now. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So just like Jesus said, in this situation, it's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to have faith. And faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So you got to hear the word. You got to be built up on the word. The Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. What's the rivers of living water? The Bible calls the word the washing of the water of the word. Out of your belly ought to flow the water of the word of God all the time. The Bible says it ought to be written on the tables of your heart. In other words, it ought to be memorized. Why? Because when you need the Bible, you only have what's in you takes time to search and find something that's why you need it now what do they say during peacetime prepare for war it's the same thing spiritually you're preparing constantly putting the word of God in you and then faith begins to rise up and the scripture continues to say for verily I say unto you that whosoever somebody say that's me come on say it strong you got up and went to church and got out here there's places not even having church today Come in here and be active with your faith. That whosoever, somebody say, that's me. That whosoever would say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. That means whosoever is any old body that's willing to believe it. Somebody say, that's me. He said, you can tell the mountain to be removed and cast in the sea. But then there's a semicolon and it says, and not doubt in your heart. So how do we get doubt out of our heart? It's easy. What you feed will grow and what you starve will die. So you starve your doubts and you feed your faith. How do I feed my faith? Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So now I'm being built up on my most holy faith on a consistent basis. And I'm building it up because God said, have faith in God. Then he says this. He says, anything you say, if you don't doubt in your heart, you can have it. So let me tell you this. Say what you want to have. Don't just pray like you don't know. Sometimes that's the case. God, I don't know the decision to make. But this is crystal clear. This virus needs to drop and die. God didn't do it. It's not the will of God for humanity, period. His will for you to prosper is to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. He doesn't put sickness on his children. That would be called child abuse. So for you and for me, when we pray, if you can't add this sentence, this tag to the end of the prayer, you need to change your prayer. If you can't end your prayer with, that's exactly how I would like it to be. 
then you need to change your prayer. Here's an example. Oh God, you are so wonderful. Let your will be done. Whatever you think's best for this virus, just do it in Jesus' name. And that's exactly how I want it to be. That's a clown show. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. He gave us the whole book to know what his will is. One guy came to him and says, Jesus, if you will, would you heal me? He said, don't ask me that. I said, of course I will. And he healed him. He said, healing is the children's bread. He said, he's the God that healeth thee. He was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for his iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Don't be stupid about it. Sorry to be so direct, but it's just easier to communicate in my natural tongue. I'm from East Texas. Stupid, in, it, 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 for you, don't understand. It means estupido. That's what it means in the Greek. Glory to God. Glory. So he says, he says, whosoever, somebody said, that's me. So you say whatever, and then... You'll have whatever you say. So say what you want to have. We've taught our children from the time they were born. You say what you want to see because you're going to see what you say. Period. You say what you want to see because you're going to see what you say. Then the Bible says this. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. Somebody say amen to the reading of God's word. All right, let's break this down for just a second. Y'all are getting my good side now. Therefore, in other words, for the cause that I just wrote about, I'm saying the rest of it to you. That's what he's saying. Because of what I just mentioned, I'm going to continue. What things soever that you desire, in other words, what you want to see happen, when you pray, believe. So you don't start believing when you see it. You believe it when you pray. That is a huge difference. Because faith is believing what you can't see. And sight is see, is believing what you see. And we live by faith, not by sight. So when we pray, we believe. So we're going to finish the service in just a minute praying. But when we pray, we believe God. And that's a, that is a, that is a trained characteristic. The same way that you can believe anything you want. You said, oh, I can't believe anything. I only believe what's true. When you were six, you believed a rabbit jumped in your yard and pooped out colored eggs in the grass. <laughs> Till you were 14 or 15, you believed a fat man slid down a chimney, ate your cookies, drank your milk, and put, you know, the presents up under a tree. And if you're still of that, maybe he does. You can believe anything. There's, there's, there's people out there believe the world is flat. And it's like, like a, a movement. Clowns. You could, you could get in a boat and just watch the horizon and prove the earth is not flat. Watch the, watch the sunrise. You can believe anything you want. So you train yourself what to believe. So when you pray, believe, you receive. Can I say it differently? Don't trust Amazon more than you trust Jesus. 
when you click order on, well, not now, they might have shut down. <laughs> but in normal times, when you order something from Amazon, you believe it's coming. You start watching for it. You start checking your phone for delivery instructions. Because you got a little contract, a little receipt that says what you said, what you ordered, you would receive. May I present to you a contract that says what you order. Come on, boy, y'all really don't know when to clap. When you order, you will receive. What you say, you will see. But you don't believe it when it gets there. Anybody can do that. A rhinoceros can do that. But you and me in the likeness and image of God, we believe it when we pray. And when we believe when we pray, the Bible says, you shall have them. So what we're going to pray is in the name of Jesus Christ. That's not my crown. And I will not receive it. I reject it completely. I'm going to take the crown that is that is a righteousness of joy, of rejoicing, of life. I'm going to take the incorruptible crown. I'm not letting anybody take my crown. I refuse to back off of this thing. This virus is going to die in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, I speak it to the north, the south, the east, and the west. This virus is not going to be the end of humanity. This is the one thing that has awoken the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to see the hand of God move in ways we've only read about. Oh, I feel faith rising up in here. Go on, give God your best shout. I hear walls beginning to shake. Give God another big shout of praise. Every time you shout, you get more free. Give God one more big shout. We're not going quietly. Don't ever run at your adversary with your mouth closed. Remain standing just a second. When David went and fought Goliath, Goliath said, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed you to the birds. David didn't keep his lip buttoned. Soon as he heard the giant scream, he screamed right back. He said, you come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God on high. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed you to the birds. Before this day is over, I'll be standing on top of you, cutting your head off with your own sword. Somebody say, not my crown. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.